Amen. Good morning. Man, how about this worship team coming out? It is hard to preach and sing to uh, no energy coming back at you. And so really appreciate them putting in the time. They're all sprinkled around the room here this morning and uh, doing their uh, social distancing. And uh, I personally cannot wait to hug. Uh, it's going to just be a hug-a-thon when this thing breaks loose. And so, um, you know, get it's, it's, it's going to get nuts. And so, uh, uh, if you didn't see, uh, put up there as we were worshiping, this is uh, Dylan's last Sunday with us, uh, which is sad but exciting for him. Uh, he's moving on to uh, uh, actually another net, uh, network church, uh, now church in Baltimore. Pastor Clayton is leading that church now, and he's going to be a wonderful addition over there, uh, as we know. They're looking awful forward to having him. They have a much smaller team. They're, they're, he's going to be a great boost to what they have going on there, and uh, so uh, just... If you could uh, send any love his way, obviously uh, it'd have been nice if we could have all hugged him in person this morning, but uh, he said he'll, he'll hug you later. Um, so next week is Palm Sunday. Uh, to even think of the possibility of preaching this way is so strange on these, you know, uh, as a preacher, uh, you really get jacked up for uh, Christmas Eve, for Palm Sunday, for Easter morning services. Like those are... Uh, those, those are the Super Bowls, you know, those are the ones that, that we just uh, just anticipate all year long, and so I'm going to do my best, and uh, as uh, Christopher said, uh, we will, uh, we'll make that decision on, on Easter Sunday. Uh, hopefully we'll have uh, more of those details later this week as far as from the government and also from the leader of, uh, of the Ohio Ministry Network, so we know uh, what to do. But um, wanted to encourage you, uh, one last little bit of housekeeping is, uh, let's see if we can put a run on grape juice this week at the local Kroger. Uh, it would be cool is if you manage to get some grape juice this week and then also bread, which I think is finally on the shelves, and, uh, you know, save a cracker or something uh, for the next Sunday. And so get your saltines out, get your Wonder Bread out, uh, get your juice boxes out. We are going to do communion online together next week. Uh, I think that's going to be cool. And then uh, we also have an outreach opportunity coming up to take advantage of this time. And yes, uh, we can take advantage of times like this and make sure that God is, uh, is visible uh, to people that desperately need to see him. I want to go right to Philippians uh, chapter 4 this morning. Uh, super encouraging verses. And, um, and uh, let's get started. Philippians 4 verses 11 and 12. And so uh, I don't know that we have the, the scriptures yet with our new program that we're running through, but that'll hopefully come in the next week. But I uh, really appreciate all the feedback getting just the lyrics up today. Uh, that was a big step. That was a big win for us this week. Philippians 4, 11 and 12. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or with little. And I don't know about you guys, but it's a little upsetting. I like food. You all know that. You all like food. I think that's a pretty common thing. It's a little upsetting to see just wide holes on the grocery store shelves and like I didn't really want macaroni and cheese until I realized I couldn't have any and uh, I want to sit at La Fagata so bad and eat two baskets of chips and salsa like that is I am I'm there as soon as you take something away like it's 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 like oh my gosh I gotta have that and so we have these times and it's like 
uh, this is not the time to be fussy about the brand of bread to buy. You just buy the bread uh, that's on the shelf. And, and it's the same thing with the butter and whatever else. And, and I really appreciate the, uh, the, the hard work those stores are doing to keep us in stock. But we have less than what we're, norm, what we're used to having right now. And so God wants to trade. This is a good deal, by the way. If you've ever made trades for things as kids and you're always trying to get the upper hand and it's trade same time, God is offering a trade today, and it's really, really a good trade for us. He wants to trade his peace for our anxiety. And friends, I'm anxious more than I usually am, and uh, this thing has me keyed up. I'm actually doing exactly what I should have been doing, recovering from surgery, but the fact that I can't do some things, like I said, makes me, makes me nuts. And so I know I'm more anxious, and I'm, I'm uh, not the biggest uh, worrier by any means, but I feel this thing pressing in on me. I feel this thing pressing in on my heart. I feel it pressing in on my kids. I feel it pressing in on my wife. And, and uh, just as, as we're navigating these things and, and making decisions for our church, when to meet again all together, and, and uh, it comes with a heavy weight. And so God wants to help us trade our anxiety for his peace today. I got a question for you this morning. What does a great relationship look like? And if you guys want to add comments in on Facebook, I will come back in and reply later. I appreciate Chrissy. I think she's uh, the one posting his family church this morning. She should be interacting with you guys. Interact with each other. This is your one chance these weeks is to talk during church. Uh, don't fall asleep, though. Uh, you guys need to hold each other accountable. Um, and uh, no snack runs. Uh, you guys have to wait. Uh, if, I, if I can't eat right now, you can't eat either. And um, so what does a good relationship look like? Is it one where all your needs are met? Because I hear this phrase of, I'm not happy anymore. Like, that is like the, that's like the, the phrase used to leave churches, to leave marriages, to leave uh, jobs, to leave whatever. And, uh, and so we just kind of, we, we package our, our, our checklist of, of things that were our expectations, and if those aren't being met, then we say, my needs aren't being met. Uh, I'm not happy anymore, and so I'm moving on. So is a good relationship one where all your needs are met? Well, I'd like to think that in a good relationship, in a good marriage, in a good friendship, that people are meeting each other's needs. But what I want you guys to consider today is needs met versus trust. Do you want and need God's peace today? Absolutely. We all do. Listen to what Paul is saying in this verse. He says, Paul says, I have learned the secret of living in every situation. Friends, we have never lived in a situation like this. Paul is saying right here, I have learned the secret of living in every situation. Do you guys want to know the secret to live during COVID-19? I do. And so we've got the secret today coming to us from the book of Philippians, the secret of living in every situation is a five-letter word. T-R-U-S-T. Trust. Your ability to survive, endure, and grow as a Christian will always come down to trust. Your ability to 
it's one thing to survive, and some people are, are acting like they're in survival mode, and, and obviously if your income's been affected or things like that, then your, your survival thing is kicking in. Uh, when you're fighting for that last package of toilet paper at the you know, grocery store, you know, uh, you gotta, you gotta take that old lady out. I mean, you, you gotta do what you gotta do. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's every man, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, we, we are in this survival mode, but how can we survive these times? How do we learn to trust God? Well, let's go to the verses right before the ones I read. Let's read uh, from uh, verses uh, 6 through 9. It says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you have learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. How do we learn to trust God because trust is our way that is the secret of living through every situation no matter what extreme loss you may have experienced no matter what challenges are facing you financially today no matter just the anxiety level of not being able to go through your normal schedule or maybe it's just the fact that you've been trapped in your house with your family members uh, for days on end and you want off the boat um, somebody's got to get voted off the island. And uh, you are just at it. You're, you're at your wit's end. You're, you're done with this. And so God is giving you the secret of navigating today and whatever else comes your way in this life. And that secret is trust. So the secret's out. So three things. This is how we build that trust. Number one is pray. Number two is praise. And number three is practice. And let's go through those this morning. Uh, number one, verse six. Uh, pray. It says pray instead of worry. It says pray about everything that you need. And it also says to thank him. And so let's, let's talk about that for a minute. When you pray to God, every time you open your mouth to him, you are actually flexing your trust muscle. Because every time, and this is, you can invert that statement, Every time you don't talk to God about something, it means you are not trusting him in that situation. Now, I'll, I'll throw in a little asterisk there. As you walk with the Lord, I just assume that he's moving a lot of times. And I just, I do have just kind of a general trust. And so I'm not always talking with him about every little thing because I just assume that he's working. But anytime I am just putting my energy onto a task, if it's just my energy and my uh, thought process, um, my insight, or the news, or whoever else to process this as far as it affects my life and my family, then I'm not trusting God with it. So every time you pray, you are flexing your trust muscle. And how do you grow a muscle? You flex it. I have had five weeks of not flexing muscle, and I feel terrible. I, 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 like, I told Daniela last night, like, I am pudging up. Like, forget the Corona 15. I am on the Corona 30 and rising. Like, this thing is happening. And it's like, all I'm doing is eating. I'm not able to work out right now. You know, like, I'm a big, you know, big buff gym guy in the first place. But I'm not able to do those things. And so when you don't flex a muscle, what happens? The opposite. 
the muscle atrophies. If a person lays in bed for five weeks and doesn't get out of bed, you're not going to walk down those stairs too well the next time. And the same thing happens when we pray. The more we pray, the more it flexes. The less we pray, the less that flexes. And so that is the quickest way to build up your faith is to pray about everything. Make sure when you're telling him all your needs that you take the time to thank him for what he's done. And it's easy to just focus on the negative right now, but I love all, I joke about our family making each other crazy. You got to kind of find your own space in the house sometimes. Uh, everybody go to their corner, but I'm enjoying seeing my kids more. I'm enjoying seeing my wife more. I'm enjoying uh, more meals together. I'm enjoying, um, it also doesn't help, you know, it helps that my uh, oldest daughter and, and uh, my grandson are living back with us uh, for the next month still. And, um, and so I'm getting this time that I, that I just wouldn't have had normally. And so I've got authority figures telling me to stay home and chill out with my family. Well, that's terrible, right? I, I need to be thankful for that. I need to be thankful that my kids, that I have enough food. There are countries that are scrambling for that right now. I need to be thankful uh, for the air we breathe. This could, you know, we, we have to stay thankful. All right, let me move on. You are placing your cares, concerns, and worries in God's hands every time you pray. Remember that Paul said this amazing little phrase. He said, not that I was ever in need. This is the same Apostle Paul who planted churches, went on missionary trips around the world, was multiply, repeatedly, I'm still finding my words, repeatedly imprisoned and punished for being a missionary of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he makes this bold statement, one of the boldest, I believe, in the entire Bible, where he says, not that I was ever in need. How do you get to a place like that? That's a place of perfect trust because it means that even on his darkest moments, he knew that his deepest needs were never in jeopardy. What's our deepest needs? Our deepest needs is the cross of Christ and knowing that we have a relationship with Father God. That is never in flux no matter what's happening around the world. And so what comes first? Trust or contentment? What do I mean? Many people have this expression, and so a lot of people are, are staying away from God because of a hurt that they've experienced in their life, uh, usually a, a loss of a loved one, um, some tragedy that has befallen them or somebody close to them. And, and the phrase is, if, if there was a God and if he was good, then this couldn't have happened. And so I'm, I'm, I want nothing to do with a God that would allow this to happen to this, this group of people, this person, or to me personally. And so we end up reducing it down to that I will trust God when I see that he is meeting all of my needs. I will trust God when he gets me out of this virus situation. I will trust God when I can go back to getting chips and salsa at a restaurant. I will trust God when I've got more money back in my bank account. In other words, we're looking for, we want the needs to be met before, we want the contentment after the needs have been met, if that makes any sense. And so, verse 7 says, then you will experience God's peace. It says then. So in other words, we need to trust God's, God first. That We give our contentment before we see all of our needs being met. Now, I would say that miracles do draw people to God and things like that. 
But when I look at my Father God and I look at the world around me or maybe the things that are affecting me negatively and personally or people that I love, I've got to choose whether to be content with my God in that moment, not whether or not these needs are being met. Let's take this to a practical example. How does a marriage make it all the way through the distance? How does, it, how does a marriage make it and, and to where it's like fruitful and like people look at that couple and like, I would love to have what they have. Uh, there's a beautiful uh, older couple that, that I grew up around uh, in, the, in my home church and uh, actually the, uh, the man, Nelson Trimmer, uh, spoke at our inaugural, our uh, grand opening uh, Easter two years ago. And uh, him and his wife, they both passed this last, over this last year. And, um, and uh, they both uh, were right around 100 years old. They'd been married like 75 years or something like that. And they were so cute. Uh, now, I don't know if I would ever let Danielle, like, pick out my clothes every day, but, uh, like, she would color coordinate their outfits. Uh, they restored Studebakers, and they did car shows together. They would serve at different functions, and they would always be next to each other. They lived life to the fullest together. They got the, they got the 100 years. They got, I mean, they did it. When you look at a couple like that, what is the secret to them making it? Now, Nelson would answer that because people would love to ask him. He said, she's right. And when she's not right, she's still right. Like, he, basically, what he is saying is that they chose contentment a long time ago. They never became the perfect husband or the perfect wife. I don't believe either of them ever had their needs perfectly met by the other person. But at some point, years ago, they decided that they were content with the other person. People that have trouble in relationships are generally not okay with who they are or who the other person is. If a relationship is in trouble, offense always comes in after unmet expectations. If I'm late coming home from work and I don't communicate that, then I have set up an offense potential in Danielle. Because I've, I, there was an expectation, I broke that expectation, now she's disappointed that that wasn't met. You all know how this works. You've, uh, that, that's just Tuesday morning, right? That, I mean, that's, just, that's a standard day in, in the life of a family living together. And so, if you're waiting for an offenseless marriage, good luck. If you're waiting for an offenseless friendship, good luck. If it, they don't exist. And so we have to choose when we value that person, we say, I value you for who you are, and I value uh, my part in this regardless of, of, of what needs are being met. So true happily ever after starts when you say, I am content with my spouse now. If you're watching at home on the couch next to your sweetie, say it out loud, you'll get some points, say, I am content with my spouse now. Because, see, we all have checklists for our relationships, including our relationship with God. Now, sometimes it's hard for us to see that we're doing this to other people. So let me flip it. Have you ever felt like there is a checklist between you and somebody else's approval? Duh. Go, when you are able to go back to work, that is a normal day around your boss or other leaders. You know that there's a checklist between you and them, and them actually saying like they, they value something you've done or, or to get that attaboy or whatever else. But let's drop this down to just a person that you are 
maybe married to, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a, a relationship from a son to dad or something like that. And you feel like there's this, you're never going to be good enough for them to really ever tell you that you're amazing without having accomplished a certain list of accomplishments. That is a crappy way to live with people because you never believe that you're accepted without the checklist being completed, right? And so we actually do that. We don't realize it because we see it from other people towards us. We don't realize that we're doing it towards other people and we're doing it towards God. That if we don't see these things being done, then we hold back our affection, we hold back our trust, we hold back our contentment, and we're our eyes on them, and we're saying, you prove yourself, and then I'm going to be content. Those checklists are in the way of contentment. When we pray, we are placing our needs, cares, worries into God's hands. Peace isn't waiting on every box to be checked. Peace is not waiting on your checklist to be completed. So many people are like, okay, well, I can have peace uh, through this season uh, when, when, you know, when, the, when I can get back to the hair salon, when I can get back to work, when, when the paychecks start coming back in. You've got this thing you're waiting on before you can really let this thing go. God would tell you today that peace is not on the other side of every box being checked because it'll never happen. Peace is on the other side of contentment. And so a phrase that we need to get to with God, because if there's a checklist between you and God today, and, and, and I pray and the Holy Spirit reveals that to you, it's a prayer like this. God, I don't care if fill in the blank ever happens, I'm going to trust you. Or maybe it's all based on a past hurt. God, I got to let this go. I do care that this has happened to me, but I'm not going to keep this past pain in my life from trust. I'm not going to let it keep me from trusting you. What is that today for you? Because there is a checklist between you and God that is uh, it's blocking that contentment, which is the secret of peace in your life. And the truth is, he's already met your, your main and, and only true need, and that is the cross of Jesus Christ. So number one is pray. Pray is flexing that trust muscle. Two is praise. Thank him for what he's done. Uh, sometimes you need to change the channel. Verse 8 says this. It says, fix your eyes on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely and admirable. So sometimes just because something's true doesn't mean it's going to be what builds you up. And we have to be careful that we, we take in a, a mixed diet, if you will. Um, sure, I, I appreciated somebody sharing on Facebook, like, uh, let's make sure we're not just posting the, the death count, let's post the survival count. I mean, you've got 90-some-year-old grandmas surviving this thing, and, and you've got people beating this thing. And, and so, yes, I, I don't like to see the one numbers, I don't like to see the number of cases increase or this or that, but let's celebrate, there's also the truth of, of, of just the the human victories that's taking place, the, the human compassion that's taking place. This is making us treat each other better. Um, minus the hugs, of course, but, but like we need to, there's, there's other things that we need to focus on. So this says, focus on what is true. So fix your thoughts, focus. Focus on what's true, right, pure, lovely, 
admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And so that is one way to navigate this time. Paul's saying that I've got this secret. I can go through hell on earth because I know how to trust my God. I know how to be content uh, whether my refrigerator's full or the power's off and, and everything in the refrigerator's spoiled. I know how to be content. And praise is one of those things of focusing on the winds, focusing on, man, I get to spend time with my kids. Man, I'm going to go on a walk as a whole family today. Wow, I really, I, I'm enjoying these aspects in the middle of the storm. Praise, uh, here's, here's uh, this is tweetable. I, I'm sure I stole it, but, you know, this is a good one. Praise is a problem for your problem. I'm going to say that again. Praise is a problem for your problem. Why? Because anytime you praise God in the middle of the storm, it, it, corrects, your, uh, it corrects your vision. It puts things into proper perspective. That hill that's in front of you is, is so small compared to the glory of God, and yet it's overpowering when we just focus on it. But as we praise God, that praise becomes a problem for our problem because it can't stand up under the magnificence of our God. And when we give him the attention that he deserves for what he's done in our lives, past, present, and what he's going to do, then it just destroys, uh, it just destroys the weight of the problems facing you. And it doesn't make him not real. Um, it's not pretending that things aren't there. I don't believe that Christians can... Uh, put their uh, heads in the sand and wish this thing away and say, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not a faithful person if, if I you know, watch the news or if I take some precautions or anything like that. There's no way. I think that's foolish. But the difference is, is that we're, we're, we're acknowledging that God's greatness hasn't changed in, in, at all. So I've got this real problem, but I know this is where contentment comes in. I've got this real problem facing me, but I know that God has already done more than I know. He's doing more than I can see. And He's going to do more than I can dream of. That's the God we serve. And so when you factor that contentment in, then you have the ability to navigate through the storm. Because you are leaning on the strength and the, and the, the majesty of God, uh, and it, it transforms the situation. Number one, place or, or uh, pray number two praise number three practice verse nine it says keep putting into practice all you have learned and received from me everything you heard from me and saw me doing then the god of peace will be with you keep putting into practice all you have learned friends we are all working on this i am working on this um I, I do not, like, it takes a lot for, for something to really kind of shake me up. And, and, um, and, and this thing is there. Like, you know, I'm watching, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. I'm concerned for friends that work in doctor's offices and hospitals. There's people in this church that work in hospitals. And, um, and, and uh, I'm off for my second job, but, but I've got two of my fellow coworkers at the sign shop. They are still installing in hospitals. I would be if I was if I was working right now without the uh, surgery. And so I've got like these things are, are weighing on me. And, and it's like, I need to put this into practice. We all are working on this. This week, practice 
placing your cares into God's hands. And that just simply means talking to him about it. Take your own lap around the block today. It looks like it's going to be gorgeous for now. Um, tell God what's bothering you. Say, God, this thing is this thing's getting me. I, I don't like that it's, it's affecting my sleep. I don't like that, it's, uh, I don't like that it's, it's just got me on edge. It's got me a little grouchy with my family. Um, it's got me, you know, a little more nervous maybe than I should be. It's got me just, this thing's getting to me, Lord. God, I'm worried about my friends who are, who are health care workers. God, I'm worried about my, my friends who work in grocery stores. God, I'm worried about my friends who are out of work right now. God, I, that's what we do. That's what we're supposed to do. And when we practice that, we are trusting him. And so practice praising him for what he's done this week. Um, I'm so glad we were able to get the sound and, and the lyrics up a little better. But, but praise is not just four songs on a Sunday morning. Praise is not just music in general, but praise is, is when we are literally thanking God for what he's done. Music really helps me get to that place. It's one of the reasons why we, we sing and, and, and do that together. But, man, I, I think just once this last week, I cranked up some elevation in the house and, and just began, you know, just letting that just play and, and just singing along to it. And, and um, I've got to be better about that. And so when we practice praising it, changes the atmosphere practice choosing to focus on the best in people even the leaders making decisions uh, from uh, maybe uh, people you're you're still having to work with maybe you're doing every situation people you're living with practice choosing contentment practice choosing contentment and that simply it doesn't mean you stop caring about what's going on it doesn't mean that you don't speak up when something uh, could be done better but it's simply the choice of saying, you know what, I'm okay. I don't need this to go my way today. I don't need this to go my way tomorrow. And, and when you get to that place, it's not apathy. It's different than that. A apathy is a terrible thing to do. That, that's when you check out and, and you're, not, you're really not trusting anybody. You've just given up. And hopefully you're not there today. This is different than apathy. When we say, when we choose contentment, it's because we absolutely care with our whole heart. It could even be something we're passionate about. We're just choosing to give some credit to the other people involved, and we're choosing to trust our God who is involved beyond ourselves. And so when we get to that place, we're still passionate about the subject, but it takes our heart to a different place. It takes your heart rate to a different place. Here's the rub. We all want contentment, and many people chase it for their entire life. I know people that go from relationship, relationship to relationship, careful, relationship to relationship. That was really funny. If you all would have been here, I'd have gotten so many laughs on that. There you go. Hey, I know people that go from church to church. I know people that go from job to job, and even when they're still at their current job, they are miserable. They're always complaining. They're, they're always looking for contentment beyond what their current situation is. Here's the rub. Contentment is always our choice alone. It's always our choice alone. Because I can tell you there's always a faster car. I'd like to find out. 
there's always a, another restaurant, there's always a, a, a bigger vacation, there's always a better deal. And if, you, if you're placing your satisfaction, your contentment in life, your peace, if you are basing the peace in your life out, past all these checklists ahead of you, then it'll always elude you. Paul said this, he said, I have learned. It's one of the greatest three words in that whole little passage. He says, I have learned. What does that mean? Nobody else did anything. God didn't remove the problems from his life. Actually, the problems accelerated in Paul's life. When you're reading through the, his story in Acts, it's like you're hoping like he keeps getting these amazing opportunities to share his faith as he's imprisoned and to different leaders. And you're like, okay, now he's going to be set free. Now he's going to be set free. Nope. God didn't remove the problems from his life. Paul says, I have learned to be content. How did Paul go through all of that and be able to say that he never had any real needs and that he felt blessed with peace in every situation? I don't think he liked every situation. He wasn't an idiot. I think he's a pretty smart person. I don't think he was praying for problems. Like, Lord, you know, like, give me some more. No, 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 no. Is that all you got, God? No. We don't pray that. But how could he get there? We went backwards, let's go forward now to verse 13. It's one of the most quoted verses in the Bible. It says, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Everything. Everything. Paul learned the secret to trust God. And that secret is to be content no matter what. If you want to work on trusting God, then we need to pray. We need to praise. And we need to practice. Let's choose peace today. Let's choose contentment. Can we pray this morning? As y'all are sitting at home, I bet some of y'all are still in your pajamas. No judgment here. Maybe I'll do that next week. Just encourage you to pause for a minute here. Maybe your dog's barking or your kid's crying. That's what my house is like. Let's just take a pause right here.